Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. America's religious population is declining while the religiously unaffiliated is on the rise. One question that comes from that trend is this. Are are people replacing religion with politics? If so, is this making our political divides even worse? And if we're replacing politics uh, divides with moral and religious divides, where does that trend lead us as well? Uh, This is all part of a a really interesting conversation that I think we have to get to in a really unique way. And pleased to have joining us on the program to break all of that down, Heather Thompson-Day is an associate professor of communication at Andrews University. She's an international interdenominational speaker, author of her most recent book, I'll See You Tomorrow, And she's also a contributor for Religion News Service, Christianity Today, Newsweek, and the Barna Group. Uh, Heather, thanks for joining us. My honor. Excited to be here. Uh, So let's let's begin. You actually had a great piece in in Newsweek. uh, Thank you. Religion without religion. And you actually start by sharing a conversation uh, with your friend. Just share that for us. Yeah. So I have a very good friend named Jason who... We grew up both working at the same Christian summer camp, talking and reading the same Bible and singing the same hymns. And like many young adults, he developed questions that he didn't feel the church was capable of answering. And so he he left. He's would be identified probably as a religious nun mm-hmm. right now, which is a quarter of the population, by the way. First time we're seeing statistics like that. And so I opened the article by sharing these conversations that I would have in my living room with my dear friend, Jason, where we would just go back and forth, him not believing me, wondering how he got to that point and trying to share data and research as to why I did believe. And neither of us have changed our minds. (laughs) Uh, And that is such an interesting discussion. Uh, And it's one of those where uh, I, I love the fact that you're still friends. And yes, that you, and that you're still having the conversation that you're curious about why he believes what he believes or doesn't believe, and he's curious as to why you believe what you believe. And I think that in and of itself uh, is such an important thing for all of us to recognize is that we can still be curious uh, about that. Your your article goes on to kind of dig in uh, to that a little bit in terms of what it means and, and what it means more broadly in terms of all of our conversations in the country. I just have to say, Boyd, I'm so glad that you just said that. Because I do think we need more people who are willing to see each other's personhood Mm. more than just who they're voting for, because we are all people. And it's actually 
simply, I teach communication, but that's, it's cognitive simplicity. Mm. When we take one thing about somebody and say, this is who you are on every single level, what we need to do is cognitive complexity where we start saying, no, this is one facet of this human being who has all these different areas. And how do we be curious about one another instead of screaming at each other? I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Okay, everyone. That, those are the words for the day. <laughs> cognitive simplicity versus cognitive complexity. That's right. Uh, and getting into that complexity and and realizing it, it is part of seeing each other deeply. And it is also the way that we will be deeply seen. Uh, and uh, Professor, as, as you've gone down that path and explored all of those things in terms of that complexity, what is it that we're seeing? What is it that we're losing in society uh, both because of that maybe loss of, of faith in the public square, but also uh, our kind of our faith and trust in each other. So in the article, I quote um, Shadi Hamid, who writes this article for The Atlantic that says America without God. And he's actually the first one that I saw make this connection to say, okay, all of a sudden we're having these people who are no longer identifying with Christianity, and yet we're seeing a deep sense of political morality, Mm. right? So what happens when people stop attending church, but start using the exact same language? For example, in the article, I say, it's not that you're just a Democrat, you are a baby killer, It is not just that you are a Republican, you are deplorable, right? What happens when we use that type of religious language for politics? And I'm afraid of what happens when we have religion without religion, because the beauty of religion for for Christians should be, and this is true of all religions, which I talk about in the article. This is true of Hinduism and of Buddhism, but for me and my faith of Christianity, I follow Jesus Christ, who says that there's actually supposed to be a transformation of my heart. Mm -hmm. And we have like Matthew 22, which says, what good is it to you if you only love those who love you? Right. So part of my faith is that I have to learn how to have conversations with people who disagree with me. In fact, even with people who I would say, oh, my goodness, how could you ever see it this way? I feel like I hate you or I hate that thought process. Right. I have to keep challenging my heart to stay in those relationships and keep seeing the humanity behind the person. Yeah. So, so vital. We've been focused uh, here. We have a little a pilot project happening here in the state of Utah called the Dignity Index, uh, where mm. we're actually scoring political speech, uh, not on left, right, conservative, liberal, uh, but on how does it treat the dignity of the other person? Uh, how is it? How close is it to contempt and hate and anger and all of those emotions? And how much is it to this dignity and this divinity uh, of those that we're we're having those conversations with? And, and uh, I love the way you framed the the, the heart that we. Uh, it's it's having a listening heart, I think, is what it really comes down to, uh, and being able to see the differences, to value the differences, uh, and then to have a, a different kind of conversation because of the differences. 
this is literally the first four commandments for Christians. Anyway, the first four commandments is love God. And the last six love man, love each other, love your neighbor. Right. So my relationship, at least in my view, my understanding of my faith is my relationship with God is only as strong as my relationship with fellow man. Mm. And so how do we start bridging? And I'm not saying I have the answers, but I think it's worth wrestling with the question. If we really want to, at least it's for me and my community, people, we want to claim Christ and we want to be Christians. What does that look like in a space with people who so deeply have different values than me? Yeah, that's uh, so important. This is this is such a uh, perfect conversation. We, we always uh, kind of go to the uh, Einstein thought that it's not about being any smarter, it's being willing to stay with the question a little bit longer. Mm. And I love this idea that we, we don't have the answers, but we are willing to engage in the wrestle uh, with the question. So as you look at the country as a whole uh, and look at some of the divides and some of the challenges that are out there, uh, what, what is the, the next step? What is the thing that we ought to be doing today, right now? What are we ought, to, ought we be doing today uh, to, to change that conversation. You know, I think the first thing we could do is stop writing off our own family members mm. who disagree with us politically. I really, I keep, so I teach college. So I'm with young people all the time who say, I don't know my parents anymore, or I don't know how to be, have a relationship with them. And I'm like, these are your parents, <laughs> right? Like we, I'm sorry, we have to figure out how to have relationships with our own families. If I can't have a relationship with my own family simply based on a political belief, how in the world am I supposed to actually love my enemies, Matthew 5? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So again, I think the very first thing we can do is start having conversations with people. And at least in my experience, I don't know about you, when I sit down with friends who I disagree with politically and we actually talk face to face, I find that we actually agree on more than we disagree on. Yeah. Right. We use these labels and we say, oh, this is everything. But then when we have a real conversation, we tend to find places that we actually agree. Yeah. So let's start with our own families. Uh, so important. And uh, getting in the room with people uh, is is so important. Yes. We've uh, we shared we actually had the, the former vice president, Mike Pence, was uh, in town on a university campus here in uh, Utah and uh one of the students, I asked for a comment uh, about his experience of being in the room and listening to the former vice president. And he introduced himself as uh, as a socialist uh, who had spent the last five years arguing about and uh, being angry about everything that Mike Pence had ever said. Uh, and then he was in the room with him. And he just kept coming back to this. He was not the monster I had created in my mind. Uh, he was a, a he was a human. He had passion. He had conviction, uh, and it was it was completely changing. And I just keep coming back to that whole idea of he was not the monster I had created. And I I love the way you have framed that for us. And anyone, if you missed the first part of this conversation, go back to the podcast later. Uh, cognitive simplicity versus cognitive uh, complexity. Uh, there's a different way to look at all of this. Uh, Heather Thompson Day, thank you so much for joining us. She's an associate professor of communication at Andrews University. She's an inter interdenominational speaker, author. Her most recent book is I'll See You Tomorrow. And she's also a contributor with Religion News Service, Christianity Today, among others. And a great piece in Newsweek this week that you all should check out as well. Heather, thanks for helping us elevate the conversation today. Appreciate your perspective and insight. Thank you so much, Boyd. All right, we'll go ahead and step aside for one last commercial break. When we come back, some final thoughts on Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Stay with us. 
two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.